there. Um, this is an episode specifically on redundancy consultation questions. Um, what to ask and what to listen to and the responses that you hear. This is the HR Solver Job Saving Expert podcast aimed at people going through a redundancy situation or with any problems or questions at work. So we're going to launch right in and look at the kind of types of questions that you need to think about in your preparation. These are the types of questions I suggest you use if you're an employee rep um, and or you're in your first consultation meeting with your employer. Um, The key point in asking questions is that you're looking for explanations that you can note down, interrogate and take away. So the key thing in asking any question as all good interviewers know, is not to ask a closed question. A closed question being um, an answer that will give you a yes or no. And instead, ask an open question. And an open question will encourage the responder to um, give you a a wider explanation and uh, open response. So, some uh, key questions I suggest. Number one. What financial scenarios have you, your employer, run other than making redundancies? So in this um, question, you're hoping and expecting your employer and or the manager that's sitting in front of you. And please, and it's very difficult when you're sitting on the other side of the table, remember your manager might be just doing their job. That hurts when I say that and I bet you're like, well, what? What do you mean they're doing their job? They're making me redundant. Absolutely, they're making you redundant. And they might not be prepared. They've maybe done, never done this before. And I'm absolutely not suggesting that you have massive amount of sympathy. But if they do respond with, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't know to answer to any of these questions, that might be because they genuinely don't know. Um, they're not the organ grinder, um, is maybe the terminology that you might be familiar with. They're people that are the monkey, and I'm sure they would hate me for suggesting this, but they're just delivering the messages and going through a process, potentially even a templated process. Um, And so they genuinely might not know the answers to this, but that's not to say that they shouldn't take these questions away and find out the answers for you. So going back to that question, what financial scenarios have you, or has this business, or has the company, or has this organisation run other than making and proposing to make redundancies. So in this situation, um, you might expect them to say, well, you know, we have thought about selling off offices, um, which is not feasible because, you know, in the current climate, we don't think they'll sell. Or you might expect them to say, well, um, the scenarios that we've run are X, Y and Z. What you wouldn't expect them to say is we've not run any financial scenarios because if they say that then well quite frankly you've got a case for unfair dismissal. So you know the, the redundancies must and should always be the last resort by any company, business or organisation. Um, and sure as I record this it's autumn um, of 2020 and Covid is ravaging our uh, economy um, and people are being made redundant and it's really important however that that it's not been done as ACAS as 
Citizens Advice, CBI and TUC have all required and requested of employers in the last week that these redundancies are really seriously and honestly considered as the last resort. So that question is really pushing, pushing your employer to absolutely tell you that this is the last resort. And building on that question, you might then go in to say to an employer or ask in your consultation meeting, a particularly good one for the employee reps to understand a business case for the redundancies, or are you confident that the business has taken every step to preserve cash flow and jobs before taking this action? And again, it's maybe a similar question to the previous one, um, but specifically what we're asking about in this situation is cash flow. Um, and you could even follow up with, what is the cash flow runway? Why not ask? They might not tell you. I would, if they are um, a bit more secretive perhaps on the cash flow, might again, trigger some thoughts about the genuineness um, but the cash flow is is the lifeline of the business and having been there myself unfortunately when you look at the cash flow and you look at the forecast and there isn't any cash compared to the sales then and you have no assets or no other way of paying people then redundancy was my last resort and I say that with a heavy heart, and I'm sure there's many employers across the UK that would be saying this with a heavy heart too. But unfortunately, there's some employers that will have a good cash flow runway and be seeking to preserve it in other ways. Why not consider pay cuts as a first step? That's a great question. You know, people in, in the economic climate just now understand after being furloughed and maybe having 80% of pay or having 100% of pay through furlough with their employers topping it up that they might then um, be able to to take a bit of a pay cut themselves you know we're all we're all home um, as restrictions uh, have come back in in recent weeks Um, there is less um, you know spending that we have in our households um in terms of of maybe the the luxury items we have we've been forced to cut back on holiday spending um you know nights out you know drinking or really um long into the night evenings because of uh, the restrictions so it might be something that you and the employees that you represent if you're representing an employee rep group find that um, you know a, a pay cut would still be a preferred option to redundancy and on loss of jobs. So asking your employer to comment on if they have considered pay cuts as a first step is also a good question. Um, it, they might push it back to you and they might say well would you be willing to take one and it, and I think there is an opportunity for employees to come together as a community and suss out if that is an opportunity for a a pool of people or a group of people or ideally the whole company to take that pay cut as a first step. 
Can you tell me what review of pay and benefits has been carried out before looking at redundancies? Similar question to the one I've just talked about, a pay cut. But if you're in a company where you maybe have quite a few holidays, um, cash plans, um, health insurance, um, you know, different employee incentives, uh, a high pension scheme, a high pension scheme can be a really onerous benefit to an employer, a fabulous benefit to use an employee. And sure, I can understand that you might, you know, shudder at the thought of losing that and you would have to, you know, your group of employees would have to consider losing that too. But if, for instance, your employer is paying 10% of pay into a pension fund, there there is a calculation to be made to understand how much how many jobs or how much could be saved by reducing that contribution from 10% of every employee down to 5%, both on the employer and the employee side. Um, And I'm not for one minute insisting that we should cut our retirement funds. Absolutely, you know, there's a very strong case for ensuring that we're all uh, well covered as we move into any retirement. But at this time... Um, the, 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 the most immediate impetus is for us to be in jobs and paying for our, our day-to-day lives as we live them now. Um, and um, it's surely better to have a smaller contribution into a pension fund now and a job than no job because without a job you have no pension fund. So it's something to, to seriously consider and think about. And again, if you're an employee rep, you're in a position where you should be consulting with a larger number of the employee reps that you the employees that you represent and therefore may well be in a a good position to to say look 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 at the figures on this this is how much the company is contributing to these pay and benefits and actually on our calculations this is how many jobs it could save and therefore, you know, we're, we're, we, we could propose this as an option to the company to save, you know, in a perfect world, all jobs or perhaps even in this situation, 50% of the proposed cuts that they're making. So that's something to look at. In a similar vein, you could ask, what about working reduced hours and job shares? Can you tell me why this wouldn't work? Bearing in mind, we're asking open questions. So what we were hoping in response here is for a full answer on why the employer would not consider job shares and reduced hours um, for even a temporary period of time. And perhaps you add the word temporary into that question. Let me reiterate it again. What about working reduced hours and job shares for a temporary period of time? Can you tell me why this wouldn't work? Now, you're asking them for the reasons of why it wouldn't work, um, which will give you a stronger position to counter any of those objections. Um, and, you know, genuinely, I come, you know, this is a great question for to have in your armory and to make sure that you share around in the event that the dismissals for redundancy go ahead, because... I feel that it will be difficult for employers to make a strong and, you know, really firm argument on the fairness of a redundancy 
where you could demonstrate as an, an alternative that reduced hours and job shares could work even for a temporary period of time. And this is all about mitigation. So we're trying to mitigate the need for um, redundancies. Um, and that's what your employer should be working towards with you. Hence the whole point of why consultation is enshrined in the employment legislation. Next question. Can you confirm the pool that I'm in? So seems a bit of an innocuous question. Um, but what you're trying to, to get the employer to confirm is how you're, if you're in a, you know, a department of call centre assistance, for instance, that, you, that, that they are um, confirming just those job titles and not any management above that or subordinates below that. And that's where you can dig into that a little bit more because really the pooling should be all of similar skill sets um, and understanding, particularly if not only are you reducing a head count. So in a redundancy situation, you could have a pool where you're going from 10 call centre assistants to 5 call centre assistants merely on the basis of the volume of work but there might be a, an assistant head of that department and there might be a head and it might be that these jobs have been considered as safe and you might be trying to argue that these positions the two you know supervisory or management roles should be included in that pool um, depending on really the percentage of the time that they maybe work on the phones. And if you can uh, grow that pool, uh, then obviously the numbers um, of people and um, the chances of your redundancy are, are lessened. But moreover, um, you, you know, it, it's really understanding that there has been real serious thorough cons consideration of the pool and the next point around that is that that example where it was going from 10 to 5 is a quite straightforward oftentimes however the company says we're going to restructure this department and so uh, instead of having call center assistants we're going to have uh, call, call centre project managers and this new job description that you will have the opportunity to apply for will include these duties X, Y, Z. And in that case, what they might be doing is saying, right, all call centre assistants and project managers from the project management department come together and you're um, all at risk of redundancy and these are the 10 new positions that you're able to apply for and um, I think it's really important that you understand what the kind of job description for any new job um, it is and the pool and the job description of the pool that you're in too and if there's any other possibilities for other people that should be in that pool or even in the event that you should not be in that pool of, of selected employees for whatever reason that might be. The next question I think you can look at is, um, and it's building on what I've just talked at, 
talked about is looking at the job descriptions and the titles of X department, call centre, extraordinaries department, or, um, or you know, kind of HR manager, HR department. Can you tell me why these positions are not considered in this pool and at risk? So it's similar to what I mentioned before in terms of why a manager and a supervisor might be involved in the consultation. Or oftentimes you might be in accounts and purchasing is being removed and credit control is staying. But if you were to look at the kind of duties, responsibilities and knowledge that the people need to do to carry these jobs out, they're actually very similar. It might it might just be um, issuing invoices as opposed to chasing up credit or, or adding invoices onto the system. And so that's a good question to really test the organisation's sense check of why they have put one department at risk and not another. Just to repeat that question, you can ask, looking at the job descriptions and the titles of X department, can you tell me why this department are not considered in this pool and thus placed at risk of redundancy? And obviously you need to be you know, building on that in terms of where you think um, there is synergies between the jobs. And finally, my question for you to think about. And it's a contentious one. And um, there is a way of asking any sort of question. Um, and I would recommend you don't ask it completely confrontational. But at the end of the day, you're fighting for your job. Um, is what reductions in pay, bonus and hours have management taken before reaching the proposal to cut jobs? So really what we're saying here is, you know, back to the earlier point, redundancy should be an absolute last resort. And companies need to keep going. They need to pay the bills. They need to um, be able to pay the, the ongoing size of the salary. And they need to be able to, to justify whether there's jobs there any longer or not. And it might be quite straightforward in that you just don't have the volume of calls coming through the call centre anymore. There's a there's jobs for five people, not ten. But if there is still jobs for ten people, um, it's just they're going to be making them work harder. Um, and it's an opportunity to reduce some overhead. Then, And your particular industry and business has not been as badly affected or or you're quite aware that the company has a bit of a war chest in terms of cash and and, and um, money in the bank um, and it, it might be a bit of an opportunistic restructure or redundancy then asking this question is probably one of the most illuminating questions that you will get because if your company has not been able, has not taken significant pay uh, bonus uh, or your management in the company has not taken any cost reductions then um, it might be that they are um, not thinking of all avenues to reduce costs as a first step. So hopefully that's been useful. 
Um, if you've got any other questions, hop over to hrsolver.co.uk and we'll be willing to help you. Thanks very much. Bye.